her life Along with my kids and my lovely wife Taking in the land that the good Lord made And doing the things that make this country great Doing my part to keep the things in line Respecting the land that's yours and mine No doubt about it, this right here's a good life It's living the hunt life Welcome to the on-air home for the Brotherhood of Hunters Welcome to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show Brought to you by Hunt Life Take aim And now, here are your hosts Jeff Lagerman, Kevin Favor and Kirk Waltz. Good morning and welcome to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. It's me, Jeff Lagerman, along with Kevin Favor and Kirk Waltz. Good morning, boys. Morning, morning. Logs. Good morning, Jeff. How are you this morning? Uh, well, I'm doing great. I know you're like, we're, we're a little distracted. We've got uh, our technical guru uh-huh. climbing underneath of uh, the table here trying to get, get some computer things kind of worked out. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's not a good feeling when the producer's underneath the news desk. You know, <laughs> crawling around. And he's, he's not a little guy. Well, our technical guru right. is Big Bill. Right, Big yeah. Bill. And uh, Big Bill is big. Yeah, big. they don't call him skinny for nothing. And, and the moon is rising. <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, uh, we're, we're privileged to uh, what we shouldn't be seeing right now, folks. Yep, yep. It's, it's bugging us. Yep, you know? I'm glad I'm standing up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, oh, what's boy. that song by Creedence Clearwater Revival? Uh, I see a bad moon arising. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what we got yeah, going on right man. now. Hello, that's yeah, all right, uh, yeah, it's all right. It's it's boy, what a beautiful morning. Oh, yeah, we we've got a beautiful morning here where yep. we are, and and I know uh, across the country, you know, yep. in recent uh, past here, we had some significant storms blow across the southeast. Yeah, and our, our thoughts and prayers go out Absolutely. to a lot of the people that have had. Some damage uh, because boy, there was brutal. A couple weather. close calls yeah. to friends of ours yep. across the southeast. And, That's right. You know, I've always wondered, you know, how animals, you know, because sometimes it seems like they have that sixth sense, right, to know when trouble is coming and run. And and I remember a couple years ago when I went out to Nebraska, there had been a uh, tornado, and I think it was an F four. Mm-hmm. That had gone through, which you know, F five is the biggest tornado that there is. That's mm-hmm. F five. If if people are trying to think of what it is, a few years ago in in Parkersburg, Applington, with uh, Iowa, right? That's what just flattened that particular town. Basically, left nothing but slabs. Re- yeah, re- and I, yeah. Remember, and it, it, it didn't mean to interrupt you, but you know, hunting in Kansas, when I go from from Wichita to Dodge City, right. we go through Greensburg, and that's where the F five was, Jeff. And, and it was it, it was slab. I yeah. mean, with the one one year I went, and there were houses. The next year I went, there were slabs. And it wasn't because they got in there with a tractor and cleaned it out. It was gone. You know, I mean, it, it, was, it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. You, you don't you don't realize the fury and the power of nature until you actually and and television does it no justice until no. you witness it firsthand. Right. And having gone through Hurricane Hugo in 1989. And helping my mom and dad dig out from that, it's it's amazing to w- w- go up to a piece of property that you knew you could barely blow it up with dynamite, and you go there and it's clean. Yeah. Oh, I, and you're going, how does it, how does it do that? Yeah, it was. Uh, I guess it was two two years ago. You know, <laughs> where, where I go and turkey hunt in Nebraska. Right. Uh, in Nebraska, you know, where I'm turkey hunting at. I mean, really, the only wood lots that you find are right along the the Platte River. Right. 
And then when you get up into the canyons and stuff, then you've got a lot of those big, giant cottonwood trees. And, you know, those are the roost trees. Well, this particular area where I was at, around Gothenburg, on the North Platte River, a tornado had gone through, and I was riding around one afternoon. I would gotten a bird in the morning, so, you know, the rest of the day was just, you know, riding around with one of the local guys that we've, you know, become friends with. Mm-hmm. And he said, man, he said, come take a ride with me, and, and we're going to go check out this tornado that just went through a couple days ago. And, uh, holy cow, it, it was a half mile swath of the North Platte River that now amazing. had zero trees. I'm <laughs> talking flattened to the ground. Wow. And the particular local guy that I was riding with, his name is Monty, and he had friends that farmed right over there. And he knew, of course, you know, in those small towns out there in, in the Midwest, I mean, everybody knows everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he was riding to check, you know, some of his friends that had farms over there. And we had stopped, and we were talking to one of the guys, and he said that um, obviously you can see the damage. And Monty was asking him, you know, how have you have you been able to find everything? And the guy's like, I'm still looking for a tractor. I mean, literally, he was yeah, still looking for a tractor. That's insane. And we're talking yeah. about, you know, a I combine. I don't know what yeah. kind. Yeah. Whether it was a John Deere or an International, they hadn't or found case, whatever. They had not found it. And this was a tractor. I mean, tractors in Nebraska, you know, tractors in the southeast and, you know, people's for their little, you know, small farms, you know, 40 acres and a mule kind of deal. You know, 50 horsepower tractors, you know, maybe a 40 horse, you know, and they're not real big. Yeah. These tractors in Nebraska are 220 plus horsepower and they're giant. You know, they got the, they're articulated in the middle and they got the. Two wheels on the front, two wheels on the back, and they're, you know, 20 row planters. Right, big, ca- big cab, air conditioning, oh, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. And he had not found it. And, and he, you know, the, the most amazing thing about all that too is it's not like down here in the south where it's thicker than you know what. Right. Out there, there's a lot of sparse open area. You think somebody would call and, hey, you know, call the police department and say, hey, we got, we got a tractor over here in a tree or yeah, over it, here in a lot. Nowhere. Found hadn't found it <laughs> anywhere. And, and, on the where we were at, the uh, you know a lot of those farmers out there, you know they That's a haul miracle. a lot of the grain, corn, whatever, right themselves. So they've got semis and, and trailers, <laughs> and one of the guys' semis was twisted up like a pretzel. I mean, it, it, you know the trailer. Yeah. And I mean, it was tris- twisted up like a pretzel. And so my, my whole point of this is, I mean, obviously first and foremost is is that you know I hope everybody is okay, and yeah. and and obviously uh, Dave Edwards is good friend of ours, biologist from yes. Westerville, right. that uh, tornado had gone through pretty close to Tuscaloosa, and he lives in Tuscaloosa. You know, first thing I saw when it was kind of going on, is he okay? And, yeah. he, and he is, and him and his family are okay. And he was on his way back to help with chainsaw and gloves and the whole nine yards. Uh, but, boy, when you turkey hunt and you travel, uh, you've got to pay attention to the weather when you go hunt the Midwest. Sure. I mean, yeah. they call that tornado alley for a reason. You yeah. know? So you got to kind of pay attention to the weather. And when I was in Missouri, you know, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Missouri had some of that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, fortunately it wasn't near where I was. But, you know, when you go turkey, a lot of times people just totally close the window to the rest of the world. Yeah. You know, they're focused in on one thing, but please pay attention to the weather when you travel to hunt. Yeah. You know, don't just ignore the weather. I mean, as deer hunters, we always watch the weather. Yep. Yeah. Because we're wanting to get wind direction and such. But when we turkey hunt and travel, we sometimes say, I'm going either way. Well, we're thinking it's springtime. Yeah, well, we're going yeah. either way. Yeah. 
you know, if if we're traveling, you know, on a four day turkey hunt, we're gonna take our rain suit, mm-hmm. and if it's overcast and rainy, we're like, hey, no big deal. I'm gonna go hunt anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, put all the box calls away and stick a mouth call in and go have at it. Yeah, but you gotta watch. Oh, so, you're right, absolutely right. I know Texas has also suffered some severe uh, uh, fires. Yes. And I know one of the years that, that I hunted with Major Harding recently it had burnt in the areas adjacent to San Antonio, Texas, and all down in that particular region of Texas have really suffered from the drought and then all the fires that they've had down there. Yeah, you got so, you got to watch it. Yeah. yeah, our heart and prayers go out to all those folks that, that have kind of been caught up in the weather situation. I had uh, had a great experience uh, turkey hunting this week, and I I told Kevin the story already, and it was, it was I pretty- haven't heard it. Pretty interesting. I had, I had one, one day this week that I could get out. And, you know, so I <clears throat> run up to my place and, and a front was coming through. And so I was watching the weather and I said, I think I can get it in. It right. might rain up kind of, this is the same deal. You know, I'm watching the weather and I said, I think I can get it in. And I end up going, uh, out and it was, I looked like I had about a, an hour, maybe two hour window before it was going to come. So I get out there and set up. You know, it was already daylight and start calling, had four hands come in. Nice. And I, I would have bet money that I, they had a gobbler right behind them, but they didn't. And so I was kind of surprised. Basically, I had a bunch of jakes come in and saw one of the coolest things. I've always believed that the turkeys and hawks don't get along. You know, I remember earlier this year, I'd hunted one field and it had a hawk that was just hunting it nonstop. Mm-hmm. You know, he was catching mice, whatever. Right. And I just said, I don't know if I'm going to see anything. I never did. And I, and I attributed that to the hawk. You know, much like we talked about in the past about coyotes. I mean, there are certain animals that right. coyotes just, you know, bobcats, coyotes. Right. And now I'm putting hawks into that category. Sure. Because I got to see firsthand how a group of turkeys reacts to a hawk. Well, I, if you think about and again, I go back to, you know, even like my chickens in my yard, I've had hawks just take them away. Oh, and, and, yeah. and then, and then the pheasants, you know, when we're hunting the Midwest, um, dude, they blister the pheasants. Yeah. You know, I mean, so why not a turkey? Yeah. I mean, yeah. the other turkey's a little bit bigger. Yeah. And you would think that, I mean, when I'm sitting there in this, in this field and I've got, I think, 20 something jakes out in front of 20 me. 20 jakes. Oh man, it was next year's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. That's all I was thinking of was next year, but they had one gobbler in, in there and they were all kind of in a pack and they were coming. I had kept these hens in front of me. Nice. For almost an hour. Cool. And I'm like, here the, here comes these jakes and the gobbler's right in the middle of them. And, which is kind of surprising because usually they don't get along. <laughs> right. And I mean, he was right down the gun barrel, you know, had to close the gap 20, 30 yards. And all of a sudden I saw something flying. And from uh, past them, a hawk is coming right at me and the turkeys. Mm-hmm. And when the hawk gets closer, he drops his elevation, but he doesn't swoop down like, you know, a hawk was diving on something, but he lowered his elevation. And you should have seen the reaction of 30 something turkeys that were in front of me. They got mad or everything got straight necked immediately. And then when that hawk got closer and he lowered the elevation just a little more, didn't swoop. Half of them sprinted to the edge of the uh, of the woods and the other half looked like ducks coming off of a pond lit to the air immediately and flew kind of towards me and then banked at the last second and immediately got over along the edge of the woods huh i was going that was cool wow wow never, never would have thought that you know 
25 turkeys would be scared of a hawk that's probably a fourth or a fifth of the size of a turkey. Right. But they panicked. I guess they know it it eats meat. And yeah. they are meat, you know? Yeah. I mean, you got to think that. Oh, I mean, I, I would think that, you know, that they got a little bit of memory mm-hmm. from when they were little. Yeah, when they were poults. Yep. Yep. And uh, had a little moment, a little flashback there. And, <gasps> it, isn't it amazing, though, you know, as much time as we spend in the woods, how different animals react to different animals? Yeah. You know, because I know, like, like in a food plot, um, turkeys and deer. No problem. No, yeah, they, they you, you know what I mean? And and, and 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 also when you talk about that relationship when a turkey gets nervous, yes, the deer pay attention. Yes. When a deer gets nervous, for example, when I was in Missouri and had those deer stomping behind me and the gobblers were gobbling on coming in, when that right. deer started stomping and blowing, <laughs> they backed away. Right. I remember reading a book one time and, by Larry D. Jones. And and, go ahead, and the same thing with with the turkey. If he starts going Yep. You'll see the deer just, oh, you yeah. know, yep. perk up, ears yeah. on radar. Yep. Well, Larry D. Jones had written a, a book, and in, in that book was a chapter uh, entirely written about the bubble and how all the animals live within that bubble and that the Native Americans way back when, when they, when they hunted, they always tried to, to ease into the bubble as non, I, I guess, I, I don't know, I'm looking for a word here. Intrusive? Intrusive, Kevin. Yep. That, that, that they didn't disturb the animals. And it's funny. They all work in a symbiotic relationship right. in order to try to identify predators or threats or whatever the case may be. And it's interesting how they all kind of intertwine with that. And it's and it even goes back to when we're deer hunting, watching the cardinals, the sparrows, even the small birds. If yeah. we're sitting in a tree, I don't know if you ever noticed a yeah. cardinal. If you're sitting in a tree and you move and that cardinal, he'll start chirping at a different shrill sound yeah and it and it, it, it it's funny to watch a doe or something how her ears and her whole countenance will change because that bird made a different sound right and i think it's very uh, attributed to the fact that they're all so intertwined they know what their different calls are and how it identifies threats and it's it's really neat as human beings because we're not ever involved in that 100 percent like they are because they're in there 100 percent of the time right how they identify with that kind of thing. You know, first of all, let me say this. Kirk, you just impressed the heck out of me. I mean, there was like four really big words in that. Well, I tried to. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I, before I go to bed every night, I've been reading one chapter of the Webster's. <laughs> that was Good nice. For you. That yeah. was nice. Folks, sure. you're listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. The bubble. With me, Jeff Loggum, and Kevin Baver. We're Kevin all in Kirk the bubble. Ball. We're yeah. all in the bubble this morning. We'll be right back after this. Connections. That's what life is really all about. I'm Major Harding, president of Hunt Life. At HuntLife.com, we've created a place for you to connect with those who share your passion for the hunting experience. With a free HuntLife.com membership, you'll be able to swap stories, information, and insight with hunters from all over the world. You'll find useful information on equipment, outfitters, and all the regs and red tape for your neck of the woods. At HuntLife.com, you can even keep a journal of your hunt straight from your mobile device and upload pictures of your latest and greatest hunting experiences. You can even flip on the radio and hear the latest episode of the Hunt Life Outdoor Show while you browse through all the great stuff we've got in the Hunt Life shop. Hats, shirts, decals, and more. Become a member. It's fast, easy, and absolutely free. 
and join the online fraternity of hunters. Connect with us at HuntLife.com. America's number one camo pattern just got better. All new breakup infinity from Mossy Oak. Six layers of detail give it great depth of field. Twelve years of research give it unequal, effective design. Together, they break up Hunter's outline like never before. Check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Break up infinity for Mossy Oak. It's not a passion, it's an obsession. There was the explosion, and I remember just opening my eyes, and I got both of my legs. I had surgery after surgery, and what's going to happen next? The Wounded Warrior Project said, look, brother, everything's going to be okay. Three months from now, four months from now, a year from now, you'll be fine. I don't know if I would be as well adjusted as I am now if it wasn't for them. To learn more, call 1-877-832-6997 or visit woundedwarriorproject.org. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoors show. Hey, congratulations to Andrew Mackey and Christopher Goldsmith. They're the winners of the Hunt Life Send a Friend Contest to Facebook. They picked up $50 in Hunt Life cash just because Christopher sent Andrew to Hunt Life's Facebook page. Great things happen to those who like to hunt life. Don't miss out on anything else. Start living the hunt life with us on Facebook. And we're back. We're all here this morning. Me, Jeff Loggerman, Kevin Favor, and Kirk Waltz. And we talked a little bit about some of the uh, weather issues that have gone across the country. And... uh my turkey hunt a little bit. Yeah, we kind of need a conclusion. What what happened? Well, it, it it was interesting that once they kind of all grouped up, uh, I really couldn't do anything. I had a, about four or five jakes in front of me, and, and you know when you when they're that close, man, I, I just I won't touch a call. Right. You yeah. know because you can just spook them. You know they'll first of all they'll get closer, and then when they get there, you know the more than likely to find something that's just not right. Right. Yeah. Well, but, and they're already there. They're already there. Yeah. You know, and so I just kind of did nothing and waited. You know, my gun is pointing 90 degrees away from them now. You stayed in the bubble. Stayed in the bubble. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, you know, it was amazing in that, you know, you had, you know, 20 something Jake's or whatever. Uh-huh. And the gobbler, you could pick him out when he was coming towards me because his head, <clears throat> the coloring is brighter. You know, he's got the white. Right. He's got the red, but he never was in strut. And so I could, but I could still pick him out and I saw his beard. And then once he got over there with the whole group of them, after being scared by a hawk, the color just immediately leaves the head. Mm-hmm. So the white is gone, the blue is gone, and now it's just red like all the other Jakes. But he does have all of those nodule kind of things where the neck goes into the right. feathers. And you can pick that out because it is really bright. Picked him up and found him again. Eventually the Jake started to ease out in front. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, he's going to eventually do the same thing because the hens are now back out in front. Mm-hmm. Well, something started yapping, you know, yelping over my left shoulder farther away. And eventually it was, it was neat. He just, he just went right to it. You know, didn't gobble. Right. You know, just gone. And Jake's came back out in front for a minute, but eventually they all went where he went. It was like, hey, you know, I guess he's not coming back. Let's go see what he's up to. And right. they, they all left, and eventually uh, they were back at the camp in the yard. <laughs> back there at the house. Yeah. In There's the yard. dad. Dad, feed, feed us. Dad. It wasn't just the one gobbler. It it's was, the whole flock? It was the whole group, and there uh, was one bummer. of them that had a very large beard, a second gobbler. Oh, cool. Mm. Well, at least they're still there. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. I know, I know I got a call last night and, and Brett Cannon called me and he was like, man, we found some turkeys. And I said, that's great. Well, that's good news. Bad news is they're in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. I said, well, that ain't yeah, going to help Florida's us till next year. Yeah. So Florida's closed. So. But, but it was interesting that when they all left and now the front is coming in. Uh-huh. Right. And all of a sudden thunder starts to rumble. Every time the thunder would rumble, they'd gobble. Yep, 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 yep. And it wasn't just the jakes. I mean, cause, right. you know, the jakes, when they yelp, it's very different than a hen. Yeah. Right. But the hens were doing the same thing. Thunder. Oh, you know, that big, yeah. deep Isn't it cool? thunder roll. And all of a sudden, all of them would just start yep, 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 yep. And when it, it, again, in Kansas, when you're sitting there and you have that happen, the pheasants, mm-hmm. holy cow, the whole place lights up. Really, they all it start is. cackling. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All over them. I mean, you know, as far as you can hear, it's pheasants. I wonder what what they're what trying. Means. What it, yeah, yeah, what it means. Yeah, I don't know. You yeah. know, it's funny you should say that because I was thinking the same thing. I mean, you get out in the wild like that, and, and one of my favorite things is when I'm out there like that, and you see a black line of clouds coming. Yeah. I'm always infatuated with it. Yeah, and I'll watch it till it's right at the edge of I I got to get out of it, get in that, get in the cabin or get in the truck, or right, house or whatever. But it's incredible to watch the reaction of the animals to it mm-hmm. when you have that opportunity. Yeah. Because I know many times being deer hunting up in a tree stand, and you hear the rumble, and you go, oh, I can't see it yet. And then all of a sudden you see that black line, you go, oh, I can see it now. Yeah. And you'll see how they kind of look around. And I, I don't know. It'd be neat to to know what all that means. Yeah, because they, they certainly make a racket. Well, <clears throat> I did have a chance on uh, last weekend to go up and, and, and hunt, you know, one time. Sunday morning, and it's interesting because I think you know we've all been through this. We talk about turkey hunting so much, but there's there other, you become infatuated with that one bird. Oh yeah, there's there's that one bird that just keeps kicking your butt, but you got to keep hunting him. I mean, it's just it, it. So Saturday evening, I went out at at, at eight p.m. to see if I could roost him, and uh, it was a beautiful evening. You know, it was perfect. It was it was probably you know sixty one, sixty two degrees, no wind, and never heard never heard a bird. You know, but I was like, I I know that this bird is in there, and the really interesting thing about this bird, he has a, a literally a extremely small home range. It's a two acre block. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you think, oh, two acre block, heck, you can get in there and kill him. I mean, you know, dude, I've tried. Okay, this is the turkey from hell you've been telling yeah, me about. Yeah. So, so, so well, I, it's like we need Star Wars song for this. So Chris. Sunday morning, it, it was. If you remember, we had like a half a moon, and I knew it was kind of bright. So you know what? I, I'm going to get in there early. I'm, right. I'm, I'm getting up at five o'clock. I'm leaving at at five twenty. And, pitch and black. It's 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 pitch black with right. some some moonlight, and 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 I mean, I literally hit the woods at at five thirty, and I don't have very far to go. I mean, he's he's right there by the house. I mean, you know, he's he's you know half a mile. So take golf cart set up. Mm. Okay. So there's, it, it's right on the edge of a food plot, and then you have to walk down a little road. And so I'm staying in the woods the whole time. And I mean, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm this morning. I know he's in that two acre box, even though I didn't roost him. I know that he's that he's in there. I I get in there so quiet, and I just I ease my decoy out in the road. And I Did and you I take walk, your boots off. I, no, no <laughs> walk but, in there in your but socks. I, I, I'll tell you what I do have <laughs> is is I have some camouflage. Tennis shoes mm-hmm. because it's dry right now. Oh yeah, and and so, dude, I'm telling you, I'm You're slipping. I'm slipping, and Silently. I ease in there, and I, and you I got, couldn't get me to wear a pair of camo tennis shoes. Oh, all the snakes we got. No, I'm going to kill this bird. Right. So I I set up, and I sit there, and and dude, I'm telling you, it was one of those mornings that everything was going off. 
I mean, from the Whippoorwills to the Cardinals. And the cool thing about this little, this 200 acres that I have leased, right. we have two wild peacocks. No yeah. way. Yeah. So what do they do that? I'm just sitting there. I'm going, this is, this is just, this is just wild. You know, awesome. I mean, it is one of those mornings. It's just so quiet. And I hear a gobbler way down in the bottom. I'm going, I know that's not him. I know that bird's and I'm not moving. I'm telling you, I am sitting dead still. I haven't touched call. I haven't hit the hood. Nothing. I'm, I'm just sitting dead still. It's 40 minutes after daylight and I haven't moved. Mm. I've heard this bird way down the bottom and I'm sitting there 40 minutes after daylight. This bird gobbles. <laughs> And he's 20 yards from me. Oh, no. And I'm head. like going, you have got to be kidding me. And you know he's out there going, oh, I see you down there. There is. He, he, gobbled, he gobbled one. I mean, real hard. Wow. You know, and I went, God, dog. He's too close for me to, yeah. you know, I mean, to do anything. And, and, and I had my, my, um, my diaphragm call. I had the case open and I had it laying on my leg. You know, and, and, and I had my screen over. I mean, I had everything on, so I had my screen over my, my face, and I, and I know we couldn't see my hands move because I just lifted mm-hmm. my leg up just enough to get my mouth call and put it in my mouth, and I just, I didn't do anything. I just sat there for like 10 minutes. Real lightly, I hit it. I expected him just to fire off. Never saw this bird fly down. Never know, never knew where he went. Mm-hmm. I sat there for another hour. Never heard him, never saw him. I was just like, that's the most amazing thing that I've ever seen. Did you finally get up after it was all over with and walk over to the tree and Absolutely look around I did. the tree and go, Absolutely. Where, where was did he, he go? Where I have he no go? idea where well, he went. It reminds me of a story of in Nebraska. In Nebraska, you know, you got this vast river bottom right. you know, where yeah. most of the turkeys roost. Well, one, one day when we were hunting out there, there was a, uh, a small, probably, yeah, two acres wood island in the middle of middle of cornfield. Right. I'm right. talking a half a mile to the next wood block. And mm-hmm. the, it's all open cornfields that are, I mean, they're not growing. The stubble has been mowed. Yeah. It's been replanted. There's nothing. And we saw this bird on one evening going back after coming back from dinner. We saw him with a hen right there in this small wood block. We we're like, he's going to roost right there. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to come back here and hunt him. Sure thing. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. Where is he going to go? And I went back and set up in the morning, and, I, and where he was at, I walked around the right side of this little block, thinking, because when we saw him, he was on the left side. He's going to roost on the left side. And set up in the morning, black dark, sat there, did nothing. You know, it's kind of like, just like you. Yeah. He's close. He's right here. Yeah, he's right of you right there. The hen flies down in front of me at 20 steps. Oh, and I'm going, That's money. he's dead. He's going to be right behind her. Oh. And I waited for an hour and a half <laughs> without moving. And nothing. Never heard him. Except for one time, he hit the ground and gobbled, and he was going somewhere, and I have no idea where. Yeah. Away from you. They're amazing, aren't they? right there, and yeah. it just drives you nuts. But, you know, that. I was talking to a friend of mine up in Georgia this week, and he has been, you know, he's a turkey hunt machine. And he said, he said, you know, this year's been tough. And as I told him, if it were easy, yeah, it wouldn't be any fun. I've had yeah. more fun with this bird this year, and I got him one more morning. I got him one more tomorrow morning. That him maybe, and I. Maybe tomorrow morning. Maybe tomorrow morning. Maybe tomorrow if, if morning. Next year. Next year. There's always <laughs> next year. Folks, you're listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Me, Jeff Logman, Kevin Favor, Kirk Waltz. We'll be right back.
You can tell a lot about a person just by looking at them. What they wear speaks volumes as to who they are and where they stand on a number of things, from their favorite team or the place they like to eat to what they really believe in. I'm Major Harding, president of Hunt Life. When you see someone wearing a Hunt Life shirt or hat, you'll know some things about them right away. You'll know they're passionate about the outdoors. You'll know they invest time and energy and funds into preserving and protecting wildlife because they care about it. You'll know that they enjoy sharing the hunting experience with everyone they can. And you'll know that, for them, hunting isn't a hobby, it's a way of life. If you're a hunter, it's time you told the world what kind of person you are. Visit HuntLife.com and browse the hunt shop for hats and shirts and decals and more. And while you're there, become a member. It's fast, easy, and absolutely free. And you'll connect with a world of people who share your feelings about hunting. Take aim with Hunt Life. Since the first days at Mossy Oak, we've been about getting close to critters. That's what drove us to create Original Breakup more than 12 years ago. Today we're doing it again with all-new Breakup Infinity. Six layers of detail give it great depth of feel. Twelve years of research give it unequaled effective design. Hey, check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak, America's number one camel pattern, just got better. The first time that we saw combat as a unit, it was more surreal than anything. You're under fire, you're getting blown up. There's definitely adrenaline. There was the explosion, and I remember just opening my eyes, and it got both of my legs. I had surgery after surgery, and I was on a lot of pain medicine. What's going to happen next, and how long am I going to be here? The Wounded Warrior Project dropped off a backpack for me, and it had everything in there that I could possibly have needed at that time. Peer visitors, people who have been where I had been before, said, look, brother, everything's going to be okay. Three months from now, four months from now, a year from now, you'll be fine. That type of thing is an invaluable service. To be honest, I don't know if I would be as well adjusted as I am now if it wasn't for them. To learn more, call 1-877-832-6997 or visit woundedwarriorproject.org. I've been a member of the Federation for 18 years. The Federation stands for good stewardship of the resources and preserving our hunting heritage. Through those efforts, I want my kids to be able to enjoy the same privilege that I have. My father joined the Federation for me, and I've done the same for my children. Jake's women in the outdoors and wheeling sportsmen, they want to be the best conservation organization in the world. Now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Welcome back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Big Bill was uh, trying to fix my uh, one of my flip-flops. Uh-huh. He was like, man, you got a piece of metal stuck on the bottom of them things. These high-tech shoes nowadays, I mean, there's some of them you step and they light up. Yep. These, these particular flip-flops have a built-in bottle opener. <laughs> you like that? Oh. How clever is that? <laughs> Uh, Okey doke. Hey, do we do, do do we need to do like an NRA update? You know, funny story of the week thing. You I got mean, one? Oh, this is hilarious. All I right. mean, I couldn't believe it. I'm reading. I'm reading my brand new American Hunter from May 2011. Get to page 21, and it, I start laughing. I'm going, poachers sneak onto prison property. Here's what you don't do with the with, rifle. With yeah. the rifle. Yeah. Yeah. Just when you've heard it all, three teenagers from Lottie, Florida. God bless them. 
<laughs> Good old Lottie. Yeah. Major, major prison, Florida State Prison at Rayford. You don't want to be there, folks. Yeah, that's right. They entered the prison property with firearms and thought they'd get away with them. You know, three teenagers were sentenced last December for game violations. Come on, man. You know, they ha- actually, the, the same thing happened at a uh, military base in a bombing range that we talked about. I remember that. About a, a month or two ago. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, I think it was in Kentucky, <laughs> which Kentucky is known for giant whitetails. Oh, right? yeah. And these guys were sneaking in on military grounds in a bombing range. With oh. firearms. Here's your sign. Yeah. yeah here's your sign. Here's your sign. I mean, what sign. in the wild world of sports? All right, so this yeah. week. Now they get to join the prison. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah, they can hunt all they want. Stay in there all they want. So uh. this week, uh, in anticipation of uh, the next great turkey adventure uh-huh. that I've got coming up, I wanted to double check my gun. Right. And uh, I, I have, uh, I hunt with a Benelli Super Black Eagle. Nice, and nice love, shotgun. I mean, it's a great shotgun. Yep. And, uh, it, it's been wonderful. And I have a, uh, screw and choke that's not factory. It's, you know, designed for turkey hunt. And I've had great luck with it. Never had a problem. Well, I had an issue with, uh, not being able to find a bird that I shot in Missouri. And I said, you know, when I get back, I want to check it. You'll sight, sight it in. Yeah. Because it, you know, the Benelli, the, this particular one I had, it had to be tapped, you mm-hmm. know, for the, I got a little red dot scope. And so, you know, sometimes those things aren't particularly strong. The, you know, when you have a gunsmith do that because it's an aluminum, you know, not a real strong steel kind of a deal. But anyway, I understand. Wanted to check it. And so go down to our buddy Scott's farm and, and, uh, you know, bring some shells, bring some pieces of cardboard and, you know, Sharpie to draw a circle and kind uh-huh. of a turkey head and some bird shots so the shoulder doesn't get hammered, uh, and start checking it and, it was off a little yeah. bit. I mean, not enough to where you, because at 25 yards, it looked great. At 35 yards, it started to drift right. And so we made the adjustment. How did you make an adjustment? It had, on that particular red dot scope, it's just like a, like a rifle scope. You, yeah, it's got a little screw on it. Yeah, it's it? got a, yeah. got a, you know, a little dial and you can adjust it. I'm yeah, sorry. My, I, I, I forgot you had a scope. I was I was going. Well, even how do my, you how do you adjust iron sights? Even my 835 with iron sights has a little adjustable screw there. Yep. Hmm. And I, I think that's something that that you know every year I usually check it. And this yeah. year, uh, the last time that I shot it, I checked it last year at the end of the season. It was great. Put it in a gun case, you know. And then this year, you know, I know it's ready to go. But you know, when you travel, sometimes mm-hmm. uh, here's another tip: when yeah. you travel, you've got your turkey loads. You know, if you put that gun in a case and you're heading to Missouri or Nebraska or Kansas or whatever, carry a couple rounds of birdshot. Mm-hmm. So when you hit the ground wherever you're turkey hunting, if you do have sights that, you know, are maybe a little tender with a little, you know, two and three quarter inch low brass number eight, right? you can check it real quick. That's you know, a good, when you get time. Good tip. That's a good tip. You know, so just a little tip there. So anyway, we're checking it. We make the adjustment and we got it kind of shooting pretty good. And Scott has the same gun. And he said, you know, he said, one of the things about shooting turkey loads of today and me and Scott both shoot heavy shot number sixes. Mm-hmm. He shoots three inch. I shoot three and a half inch with some of these newer turkey loads. The wad will punch holes in your pattern. And so 
what does that mean? How do you kind of understand that in English? If you imagine that pack of shot coming out of the barrel together okay. in a mass, that wadding will be pushed through the middle of the shot and ex- put a hole yeah. basically in your pattern. Yeah. How, how many yards is that? Uh, I don't know exactly how many Thir- yards. Well, at 25, it looked great. Or at 20 yards, it looked fine. You know, right. once it got out a little bit, it, it started to, uh, look kind of weak. And I was like, well, wait a minute. This is a, this is a turkey choke. Yeah. Yeah. And Scotty said, and I, but, you know, once we tried to figure it out, I kind of shot all my, my rounds, except for a couple of bird shot rounds. Scott said, I'm going to run to the house. He said, I've got a screw and choke on mine. And he said, and it's designed for some of these turkey loads to where it's, uh, kind of ported on the end and it's a kicks. Right. Now, I mean, I'm not an expert on, yeah. on, on turkey chokes, mm-hmm. but he says what it does is it, it forces that wadding to open up very quick before it reaches and blows a hole through the shot and it keeps your pattern tighter. So he went to the house and he got his choke off of his gun mm-hmm. and we put it in mine and you would not believe Night the and difference day. really on the pattern that this made. It was unreal. Huh. Unreal. So you bought one. Well, I don't have time now. Right, yeah. But I'm going to get one. How about that? And it's a kicks turkey uh choke. Right, full, a full choke. Yep, and it's made for turkey hunting. And then they've got, you know, obviously they make them for different thread patterns for different guns. But, folks, just a little tip there. Hey, check your, your turkey gun with turkey loads because sometimes that can happen where they don't pattern particularly good. And, and some of those, you know, they got jelly head chokes and right, all these other right. kind of chokes right they do make a difference right we took just to compare my choke which i don't even remember the name of it you know it was one when i got the gun they got gun shops in here put this in there it's made for a benelli it's you know it's a full choke for turkey hunting well we did yeah well you shoot some of these different loads today the tungsten matrix the heavy shots the extended range by winchester uh they all react differently and to give you a comparison shooting my choke at a turkey target and we had those little pieces of paper that had the turkey head and it showed the neck uh-huh. you know, the vitals the, the bones and all that with my choke same round it put about four or five in the critical areas of a turkey head mm-hmm. switched to that kicks choke and it was in the 20s wow that is impressive that is unbelievable. The pellet, the number of pellets that went into the target almost tripled comparing these two chokes. Yeah, I, I know. I just looked up a uh, turkey choke uh, chart, and it shows that the, depending on how it's built, the pattern percentage is increased by the 12-gauge constriction or whatever you're shooting, 12 or 20, 28-gauge, 410. A lot of guys even shoot 410s. And the more the constriction or the larger the number on the constriction, the tighter the pattern. It goes from like if you're shooting a point zero zero six, it's forty five percent. And if you up that to a like a point zero thirty one, which constricts the amount of full choke, it almost adds another twenty percent. So you're like at sixty five percent. Which which you think about it in terms of you're shooting a, an object at like a pie pan, Kevin Jeff, 
it constricts it to a much smaller circle. So that you're talking your about just straight chokes, right? Yeah. You know, but but you you also have to take into account these new turkey loads in the wadding. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, That's I true. never would have imagined that the wadding could have. And it was amazing because you know when when we shot my choke, the waddings from the shells all ended up in the same place. Right. And it was you know downrange twenty something yards. Right. Well, we, they we even... switched to that other choke, and the wadding actually was shorter, so it pulled that wadding back, right. keeping it from getting into that into that mass of pellets and it, and and making it open up. Right. So hmm. I mean for us. I mean, those things aren't very expensive. No, they're not. You can get chokes. them for like twelve bucks. Yeah, so, I mean, some of them are yeah. twelve bucks. Really? You know, I think. Oh, yeah. I thought chokes were expensive. No, no, they're really not. And you I, go to you can go to Academy Sports and and buy one for like twelve, thirteen dollars. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and hey, Kicks doesn't pay us anything. No, for for advertising or anything. Uh, during the break, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up and see what approximately they cost. But because I, I can tell you, maybe they should send us some. There's one yeah. person that got a first hand look at what a good turkey choke can do to a pattern, and I will be buying one of those huh. things cool. for next season. Yeah, and folks, if you don't know Jeff, he's as cheap as they come. you darn right. <laughs> You're listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show with me, Cheapo, Jeff Lagerman, and Kevin Favor, Kirk Walt. <laughs> As a hunter, we all know that perfect morning. You wake up early before the sun, you have a cup of coffee, grab some snacks, and start towards your stand. You have waited for this morning all year. The wind's perfect, the temperature's just right, and the bucks are in full rut. You sit in the dark, straining your ears for any little noise. The sun finally starts to filter through the trees, then it happens. A doe comes by you on a fast trot. You immediately clip your release to your bow because you know he is coming. You hear a loud grunt and see antlers. It's a buck, a big buck. You stand up trying not to concentrate on the antlers. Your hands are shaking. You can't control the trembling in your knees. You draw the bow back, praying the buck continues down the trail. But as big bucks do, he turns. Your heart sinks. You have a decent shot, but not one you're comfortable with. You decide to let him go. Even though you're disappointed, you can't help but think just how cool that was. The folks at Hunt Life, they know how you feel. That's why they started Hunt Life, so we can share our outdoor experiences with each other. If you know this feeling, visit HuntLife.com. Because Hunt Life knows it's all about the outdoor experience. You want to get really close to critters this fall? Then you'll have to try all-new Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak. Six layers of detail give it great depth of feel. Twelve years of research give it unequaled effective design. Together, they represent the most dramatic, high-tech leap in the history of camo. Check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak, America's number one camel pattern, just got better. We know the future of hunting depends on our nation's youth. But did you know that in many states, it's illegal for you to take your son or daughter hunting until the age of 12 or even older? As a result, we have fewer young hunters, and the Families of Field program is designed to eliminate those barriers. Hunting is safe, and the safest hunters of field are young people with adult mentors. Visit our website at familiesoffield.org to find out how you can bring more families afield. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. 
Welcome back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. And our website, HuntLifeOutdoorShow.com, is getting better and better. And you can already get the scoop on upcoming shows, listen to previous shows, join the exploding Hunt Life community, complete with video, blogs, photos, and more. And in the coming weeks, we're going to make you uh, make your visit even better. It's the closest thing to living the hunt life without being in the woods. It's our website, HuntLifeOutdoorShow.com. And we're back, and we're talking turkey chokes. Uh, during the break, we, we looked up some prices on turkey choke tubes, and they range... Because there's a million different manufacturers of them. They range in price from, you know, $12, $13 all the way up to $70. Uh, and the one that I use, or used that Scott has, it's a Kicks, uh, what is it, Kirk 5? 665. And if you go to the Kicks website, um, and they actually have a really nice, uh, um, website that you can kind of, uh, navigate through and it actually gives you the different chokes. And their recommendations and basically what they can and cannot do for the different types of shotguns from so, 12 gauge to 10 gauge to 20 gauge to 410s. So how much was yours? So 665 is what he's shooting. I, I, I think most of the kicks are around $70. Yeah. But boy, I mean, you, you think about the cost of some of those, uh, tungsten matrix turkey loads, which right. that's what I use. Yeah. Right. Because you know, a lot of people are like, gosh, they're so expensive because they are expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, uh, like a heavy shot, you know, a Gander Mount or Cabela's or they haven't cost me a dime this best year. Pro shop, <laughs> no. Well, the one thing <laughs> I like twenty five dollars for right. five shells. Yeah. I mean, they are expensive. The uh, one thing I did notice when you read through this, it said the Kicks chokes are manufactured from the highest quality seventeen four pH stainless steel and have a matte black finish. All right. Well, so. there's a million different kinds. Holy cow! You can yeah. go from Jelly Head by Primos to Remington oh, has yeah. them, Comp and Choke. They all have them. But folks, just check them out. You know, a lot of gun shops will let you kind of test drive them. Sure. And you've been listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show with me, Jeff Locke, and Kevin Favor, Kirk Waltz. We'll talk to you all next week, same time, same place. Thank you for listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Be sure to check out the very latest in the Hunt Life by logging on to HuntLife.com. The Hunt Life Outdoor Show is a product of Hunt Life Productions. Copyright 2011.